This podcast's audio mastering services generously provided by Ottawa's River Sound. Welcome to me, Casa. Make yourself at home. Do your do. Welcome to my pad. This your lab. Go create your move. Hello and welcome to Face the Music Podcast here with your host, Zoo. Where we bring you all of the coolest cats in the whole industry. Some of the puzzle pieces that play a big role in getting together projects and concepts together for you to enjoy the music, enjoy everything about the art. Today's interviewee is none other than Quende, also known as Mimetic in the city of Ottawa. Born and raised in the greater Toronto area, Quende is currently back in Ottawa focusing on advanced concepts and sounds for headphones and dance floors in the city. Being the officer for the cultural industries development for the city of Ottawa, he leads the music industry development initiatives that have resulted in the Connecting Ottawa Music Report and the development of Ottawa's own OMIC, Ottawa Music Industry Coalition. Many hats this man wears. I don't know where to begin, but today's episode... I'll be more concerned about his take on being a DJ in the scene. Being the founder and creative director of Timecode, he leads and coordinates this monthly music series. Now, enough about him. Let's get his story from himself. So, we got Quendi in the building today. Thanks for the intro, Yo, man. that was awesome, man. I, that, that had to dig in to find these, you know. Uh, before we begin, I, I want to say that I am still bumping and loving the conceptual record you released in 2015. Rido to Richmond is oh. simply amazing, bro. Thank you, Jim. 28 tracks. Thank you, Jim. How did all that come together for you? Uh, that one was a commission, actually. It was uh, an organization called Art Engine in the city who mm. uh, do a lot of uh, electronic arts and experimental art projects. And they developed, well, they actually had a series of projects that were focused on uh, mobility and sound. Uh, moving moving around the city and having a um, a synchronized and collective listening experience. Mm. And so uh, they had, uh, there was like this bus ride that they did, and then they did this other project for Nuit Blanche in Toronto where they sort of lit up the CN Tower and did this broadcast across the city uh, that everybody could listen to and sort of like... Uh, the broadcast was connected to the light changes that were going on in the CN Tower. Mm-hmm. And so it was this sort of collective uh, listening and and uh, and sort of uh, movement experience. Interesting. And uh, they developed a, a third project, which was about soundtracking bus routes, uh, which I believe at the beginning was called Audio Spheres, but then ended up being called Sonicity. Mm. And... Um, that's when the first track waiting at Rido, where you, you literally are sampling your your, your like patients <laughs> waiting for a bus for real for real. Yeah, I mean it's a the the project came so the the concept for the project came from this soundtracking from this idea of soundtracking bus routes. I I took it um, quite literally uh, in that respect and did a lot of field recording mm. along the route. Um, you know. Uh, basically recording this what it sounds like to ride this bus uh, from one end to the other and then uh, enhance that concept uh, through uh, the practice of creative sampling and uh, and and thinking through um, let me actually let me back up <clears throat> the route that I got was the number two 
um, which doesn't oh. exist anymore. It's now the number uh, 11. eleven. It is eleven. Okay, but, um, but I had the number two, uh, and at that point, that that route ran. Uh, a very particular uh, r- uh, route through the city yeah. uh, in that it passed by almost all of the used record shops in Ottawa. And so the, you know, acknowledging that being a DJ who goes out to a lot of record stores What's and that? used to take the number two to get there. Um, you know, I decided that I wanted to put together a project by uh, going and buying records at all of the various record shops along the way. And then uh, sampling and developing, you know, a new uh, new batch of music uh, based on the process of going shopping for records along the route of the number two. Yes. Yo, wow. And like some of the songs were like one minute and 30 seconds, but still you're like, what is like, they all had the same body. They all all had the same like sound, bro. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, part of the idea was to take the approach uh, where... Yeah, you know, riding a bus is is rarely a monolithic experience. You rarely take a bus from one end of the route to the other, usually taking it to some interstitial place in between. You know what I'm saying? You're getting on here, you're getting off there. You're getting on there, you're getting off there. I literally did listen to that album on a bus that long. Yeah, and so it's like the whole idea of the project was, you know, these songs... Uh, are going to be approached in that kind of a way where it's, some of them are going to be like full songs. Some of them are just going to be ideas. Some of them are just going to be transitions. Uh, but it's the idea that it's sort of mirroring the sort of on and off way that people mm. ride buses in cities. So Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, where did you think that like the, the producer DJ scene around like 2015 as compared to now, what, like at that time when you were releasing it, what was it? Uh, what do you think it was heading to at that point? Mm. Or was you were you were just in a whole headspace? Yeah, I don't. I'm, are you asking that question in relation to the project? Because the project wasn't made really. I wasn't really thinking about you weren't like it, it wasn't trying like, to like anticipate a trend or anything mm. like that. It was just I was just making music uh, based on my interest and uh, and sort of what the. Um, what what the project brief was about, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't actually even about uh, any marketing. Like, was the marketing on that uh, something that was not focused on the, the slowly? It was just just the work, the work itself. Uh, I mean, I completed the work quite a while before it was released, actually, mm-hmm. and um, and I guess that was part of what led to it being released in the way that it was, mm-hmm. uh, because I did finish. I had finished the work. And it was just sort of sitting on the shelf. Mm. And I started developing concepts uh, for marketing, for promotion, for, um, you know, making it more of a product. Mm. And after being on the shelf for a certain amount of time, uh, I just took the initiative and did it. And Mm. so... uh, Before the commission. Right? No, no. I had been commissioned. It's comp. It's <laughs> well. I had been commissioned already. I had completed the work, um, and then it was on the shelf. It was just. Well, it was. Okay. They were waiting to uh, complete the development of an app and a series mm-hmm. of other pieces that were going to go along with it. Um, oh, okay. And for me, I was. Uh, I was looking at it, and I thought, well, you know, I could wait for these guys to do the app and do whatever, or uh, I could, you know, put it out as a, a solo project, my own 
uh, on my own label and press it up on double LP and get it out there. Amazing. And so, um, yeah, I did do that. And I mean, part of it was also, I thought it would be a bit full cycle, full circle, uh, uh, because I would be able to put it back in the record shops that I bought the records that I made it from. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, to that end, I just said, yo, I'm just going to go do this thing. And then I did. And yeah, it turned out quite well. Like, you know, it, uh, have you ever revisited it since then? What do you mean? Like, do you still bump Reno to Richmond currently? Oh, I mean, it's on my, you know, sometimes it'll come on on random or whatever <laughs> it is. Like, you know, I'll, you know, I listen to the music still. Um, and it still reflects sort of where I was at at that time. And conceptually, I think it's still a strong project in terms of um, the way the the way the uh, concept of the music connects. And then also, it also connects to some, yeah, broader ideas about the way that cities are shaped and formed. And um, so, yeah, I I, I think, you know, in in a lot of ways, it stands up still. I don't... uh, yeah. I don't go home and listen to it every day, but it's like, uh, you know, I, if it comes on, you know, uh, I'll let it bump. I'll let it like rock that. and I be like, like all right, yeah, that's yeah. good. I like one of my next questions for you was actually like four years later, now 2019, mm-hmm. like, do you believe that it actually still holds its sound and weight of credibility? Of, like, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. I'm still... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I sold, you know, and I don't have any of the records left, really. Like, I only have... A handful of the of the of the of the vinyl. Excuse me. I only have a handful of the records left, um, but you know they sold out, and you know people, yeah, people still like that project. Um, and I think part of it is, you know, part of the rationale for it is because of the way it connects to the concept, mm. and also, um, yeah, I mean it's. It's kind of, despite the fact that, you know, the bus route has already changed. Uh, most definitely. It's already, it, it is still somewhat time agnostic mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, and yeah, has that, has that kind of an appeal uh, and, and, and a relationship to place. You know what I'm saying? Like people who are, that's not going to get played out for people who are from here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, it'll, it'll remain a document of, of what the city um, was sounding like at that time and and also um you know there's a video for it so there's a visual document um okay. you know where you know we did a 15 20 minute or 15 minute sort of long uh, extended music video documentary kind of thing uh that's attached to it and so it's also a visual document of what the city was like at that time okay wow uh, I'm 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 really happy to know that uh, you are a man of concepts because mm. uh, uh, concepts is all uh, I ever work with as an artist, and mm-hmm. I know that many other artists um, that I've uh, talked to, I realized that uh, the process that they come to, together to, for a specific product, they need a concept. Without a concept, it is just nothing but like us just experimenting and brainstorming. Yeah. Um, how has um, um, your your current um, process in um, acquiring new concepts, mm-hmm. especially now in 2019, what are some concepts that you've been dabbling with and thinking about lately? Mm, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before mm. uh, the podcast, uh, before we start pressed record, mm. uh, that, you know, um, definitely uh, exploring the visual side of things, dynamic mm. media, video, 
um, that live space, sort of trying to understand sort of where I fit, where time code fits mm-hmm. uh, within that. Um, there are other, um, yeah, other conceptual things that I'm working on. Um, also, I mean, some a lot of it is sort of connected to this visual um, and video kind of space, but different mm-hmm. uh, expressions of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, and then, yeah, some new music stuff as well. But also, yeah, connected to that, to that, uh, mm-hmm. to that visual side of the some some things. I'm not like fully, um, yeah, not not fully prepared to um, uh, to uh, expound on. But mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, yeah. All within that, you know, the 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 video visual space is sort of mm-hmm. where I've been dabbling the most in terms of new uh, new conceptual areas, and then yeah, just taking a bit more of a of a craft approach mm-hmm. uh, to uh, my music practice as well, slowing down. Um, yeah, just mm-hmm. thinking. Uh, yeah, yeah. From th- the sounds, from the sounds of it, I feel like sometimes. Um, you can you you bring together those concepts from uh, going back and uh, re-examining your archives. Sometimes, yeah. Know? I mean, there there's a lot of reflection in the process for sure. Almost deaf. And so, um, so yeah. I mean, there's a uh, um, yeah. So, suffice it to say uh, that um, you know when it comes to and even within with respect to that. Uh, visual stuff a lot of it does have to do with reflection in terms of the video side but mm-hmm. then um yeah with the music side uh a lot of it has to do with just uh, sort of going back to craft actually and thinking a lot more about um yeah i'm just doing a lot more music theory i guess i like that just like doing that. a lot more the music science theory. behind and uh and and sort of recording theory and that kind mm-hmm. of thing so it's been good. It's like some of it hasn't uh, necessarily been uh, um, the the most uh, creative in terms of output, mm. but it has been uh, great in terms of uh, sort of priming myself mm. for output. I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, that you know what I, I you know now in 2019 uh, things are you know changing so much in the world of production and DJing um, and especially where the output now is just so more so much more important because of uh, you know <clears throat> we are now driven uh, we're we're now seeing success as consistency mm-hmm. you know um, what what is your take on that especially as a man that uh, of course I know consistency that you do once a month uh, mm. one of your events at time code and that which I really love I see that mm. um, but how do you maintain throughout all this inconsistency especially if you're always just preparing yourself for output mm. how often do you ever uh, do you believe that it's just too overlooked or what is overlooked um, your process meaning that you're, you're you keep coming back to the same questions and and finding the same answers, but then you're like, I, I, I don't think this answer is exactly the one I want to release. Mm, no, I mean, I, I think that uh, as it relates to having creative consistency, mm. you, I think it's about setting your own pace and schedule. Mm. It's not necessarily about, you know, having to be reactive to any particular cycle or mm. uh, set of outside stimulus. Mm. You know, it's... Um, yeah, it's about sort of 
having a strategy, mm. uh, being in control of your own time, mm. um, you know, having a plan and working the plan. Ten thousand percent. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, you know, I don't, I don't trip on that stuff. Like, I like that. Um, I've been, you know, we've been doing time code now for fourteen years. Amazing, you know, dude. Every, every month, and so. Um, what is you? What do you love about this scene so far? Pardon we've been, me. Been doing it for fourteen years. What do you love so much about um, what what the people that come by? Like, what do you? How do you? What do you find so amazing and fascinating about it? The scene mm. that keeps you just keep going. I mean, fourteen years, bro. That's like a decade and a half, bro. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, you know, that's what we do. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you don't ask a plant why it's, you've been growing for 14 years. Oh my God, how have you done it? It's just like, that's what it does. Yeah. And so, you know, similarly, you know, that's what we do. We're mm. music people. We're, you know, uh, DJs. We, Vibes. you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's part of the part of my creative practice is getting people together, uh, to experience music. Mm. And so, um, that's that's what I love about it. That never loses. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. we're here. Yeah, you know. Um, so, what is one thing that I, uh, you know, uh, up and coming DJs are always um, trying to get more listeners, more vibers, more 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 stimulus from their listeners? What is one mistake that you see a lot of up and coming DJs uh, making? Oh man, far be it for me to. I mean, I don't know. I'm probably making that mistake right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I have no idea. Mm. Um, it's difficult because, you know, as I said, I've been doing this for 14 years, mm. at least just this party I've been doing for 14 years. So I'm, uh, I'm removed from being up and coming mm. in a lot of respects. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, and, and again, maybe this is just a generic concept mm. or a generic comment rather uh, than anything specific that I've had anybody step to me and say, but, you know, if I was up and coming right now, mm. actually, you know what, what's interesting, let me back up because I uh, just moved back here to Ottawa. Um, and it's funny because I just started to be doing this for 14 years uh, every month, but I had, a, I did take a year off and my partner, uh, DJ Zatar, shout out to Zatar. Shout out. Uh, held me down for, held it down for a year while I was in the UK and I was living in London last year mm. and I did get to start again mm. and be like, oh, okay. Like, you know, just get busy and, and, you know, in a, in a city where, I mean, some people knew me, but very few people really like knew who I was or what I was about out there. And the thing I focused on most was um, was finding a place to play for people live in public and a lot of people. Um, and, you know, there's no substitute for that. There's no substitute for being live in a space with stuff. 300, 400 people playing music for them. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um you know, the internet can do a lot, but, it, you know, it can't do that. It yeah. can't do the thing that that is doing. Yeah, most definitely. And so um, I'm not saying that young people are making this mistake right now. I'm not saying they're making it at all. Mm. But I'll say that when I had to restart and become, you know, 
random DJ number 1000 and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. exactly. You know what I'm saying? And whatever the thing I focused on was, you know, let's start playing live. Let's make sure people can see me, hear me, feel me. Mm-hmm. And from there, I'll, I'll take whatever steps are next. Mm-hmm. And there were lots of next steps in London. We got, I got into a lot of, yeah, a lot of stuff happened. That's awesome. On the DJ tip out there. And, you know, it was as a result of, of that, finding a good spot to play. What advice would you give to aspiring DJs then? That was it. I that just gave it. it. Just right there, I just gave it. Whole story. <laughs> yeah, I just gave it. I like it. I like that. I yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Um, so is your, my next question is, is, is having your own style um, separate from all other DJs out there important in modern DJing? Yeah, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. always important. Mm-hmm. It's always important to differentiate yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, in in well, of course, if you're working in in pop, or meaning like you're you're hired at daily daily bars around the city, meaning um, playing only the top forty. Well, versus you're if you're if you're doing that, you're already putting yourself in a space that's very difficult to differentiate yourself because mm-hmm. you're playing all of the same music. So at that point, you have to be able to play it differently than everybody else. Absolutely. You have to be you know highly skilled in terms of your mix. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, like. Uh, your blends, all that type of stuff. Mm. Um, if you're going to be playing the same music as everybody else, you can't play it the same. Uh, but yeah. I would suggest not playing the same music as everybody else. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, what's your opinion regarding the difference between old school kind of DJing and uh, meaning, like, of course, like, of course, I know that you like uh, physical vinyls move, mm-hmm. maneuvering, right? But with now with the new tracks that I can open up on Ableton, unlimited like tracks and mm-hmm. all that, right? What what do you prefer the most, and then what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Mm, I mean, you know, fourteen years of doing time code, we've we've been playing on turntables and records, right? Nice, uh, or on uh, what you would call DVS, digital vinyl systems. Um, if not, you know, if not vinyl itself, mm. uh, that haven't been said. Like, you know, I'm pretty formatted agnostic. Like, I don't care how people play music as long as they're you know playing great music introducing people to new music um and are on point in terms of how they play it in terms of mixing blending uh having you know skills to do more than what a computer could do absolutely being up there and that's sort of a big part of how i gauge it in some respects because you know i've been to a lot of parties where um people are playing music in a way that a computer could do it. Mm-hmm. Like you could just put on Spotify and it would be doing the same thing. It would, you know, the effect would be, I mean, and obviously you don't, you could never account, you could never discount human energy mm. and, and movement and movement and all of that. But I've definitely been to DJ performances where it's just been like, Oh, well this, there's nothing different than what Spotify could be doing or yeah. whatever iTunes or whatever. Mm. So in some ways, that's just how I gauge it. It's like, do something for me that I, that I can't do for myself on a computer. Yeah. And I, I can get to know your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your so I can get to know exactly what your... it is that you, what it is that you do. That's different mm. back there. Um, so 
Let me ask you, let's talk about time code for a second, because I, I know that you're doing this for 14 years, man. That's, I think that's amazing. Um, especially, has it been a Dafrik this whole time? No, it's moved around quite a few times. Mm. It's moved around quite a few times. Um, and so, how old are you, if you don't mind my asking? I'm 24. Okay, so, so when you were 10, was- <laughs> the, the party was uh, not too far from here. It was, or oh, let me, sorry, you can erase that, because I'm not going to bait out your location. <laughs> But um, anyway, the when you were ten, the party was at Somerset and Preston, uh, down down in that area, um, at a place called uh, the Airy Cafe. No longer exists, mm. and um, so yeah, it was there for about eight Airy years. Cafe. And was that, that around Soku? If that if Soku is still there, uh, uh, around Johnny Razors? No, 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 okay. no. It's further down, okay. further down. Yeah. Uh, and, um, anyway, it was there actually, it really, I mean, before that it had, there were two, um, there were two, I guess, original parties that were down at, uh, at Cafe Nostalgica, the old Cafe Nostalgica, which, um, yeah, which no longer exists either. And so, um, so yeah, it was there, um, and then to Airy Cafe for about eight years. Mm, mm. And then... And now it's at Dafrik. Now it's at Dafrik. Amazing. And between then, between Airy Cafe and Dafrik, there were a few stops, but yeah. Mm, okay. So what, I know that you picked Dafrik to, to touch home uh, with uh, some of the most uh, interesting, grounding Ethiopian, African, tribal kind of movements with mm. your sound. Um, what made, what makes you so interested in, in, in the world of... In Africa, what what has inspired you to even come up with some of the sounds and in an Ethiopian restaurant? Where did all that come from? For from Time Code, because I, I think you've been playing that kind of vibe more than just Afrik. Yeah, of course. I you mean, know, we so. ha- we've had a long standing relationship with the Ethiopian and Eritrean community here, mm-hmm. um, because uh, the Airy Cafe was one of the first sort of like East African owned mm-hmm. social clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Ottawa, and Time Code was a big part of mm. what kept that place in business because we would bring a lot of people there, and the guy who ran it at the time could pay his rent because uh, we were doing these regular parties there. And that sort of then uh, helped uh, ground and root this place where a lot of East Africans. Uh, and Pan-African, but would go. Mm. Uh, and so as a result of that, we became very familiar and connected with this community. Mm. And when the Airy Cafe shut down, it was that community that looked out for us again. Mm. Uh, my man Gabru, you know what I'm mm. saying? Shout out to Gabru. <laughs> uh, came through and was like, yo, we have a new place where we hang out. You should go talk to the guy there. Amazing. See if you can set up time code there again. I was like, all right. So then... We yeah. went, and then my man's, you know what I'm saying, shout out to, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying, shout out to, um, shoot, I almost said Naguse, but it's not. Um, Naguse is my man who ran the old spot. Nice. Um, holy. No worries. Tess Faye. My man, Tess Faye, he, uh, yeah, man, he held us down. You know, he came, we came through, and he was like, oh, you guys are the guys who were at the Airy Cafe. He's like, oh, yeah, then come through. <laughs> And so then we just started up there yeah. again. You know, I remember my first time going to Time Code. I literally stepped in. I was in Dafrik, 
and I smelt injera, yeah. I smelt tubs, I smelt all that, and yeah, I said, yeah. "Yo, I think I'm at my mom's. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. in the wrong place. It's like Wait that. a minute. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was amazing what she brought. The vibes, you know. Yeah, I mean, and the African music, obviously. I mean, a big component of the party or the big part of the mo is mm-hmm. thinking, you know, about how to connect all the dots across the African diaspora, mm-hmm. and that's sort of how we think about the approach of the music as well. So, you know anything uh anything goes within that context i love that uh so we're just about to wrap up the uh you know the whole interview yeah, loving, yeah. loving loving uh loving everything that you've been saying i i really like to pick your brain more about this uh, my my last last question for you is yeah, if sure. you could eternally be stuck in one year's era of music mm-hmm. what year would it be mm, i don't know mm. uh, i've had there have been so many great uh, eras that I've lived through. Uh, I'll probably pick one that I haven't lived through. Um, and yeah, I would say probably 75, 76, New York City. Nice. Uh, beginning of hip hop culture. I like that. And just being there for that would have been mm. amazing for sure. Just uh, real. Uh, freedom <laughs> yeah you know what i'm I saying i love that i love that real period of freedom I and like uh you know what i'm saying true experimentation that would that uh that ended up changing the world so most definitely yeah you know it'd be dope i like that right now i'm actually currently reading dan charnas the the big takedown mm-hmm. which is literally the history of hip-hop's uh entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that made the hip-hop business starting mm-hmm. from the very beginning mm-hmm. i'm talking about russell simmons beginning mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um yeah i really like that because mm-hmm. right? that that area that era was a, a time for expression you know what i'm saying where it's 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 needed where it was is this angst mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure uh it was uh yeah special time special time i like that yeah, yeah, yeah. i really like that uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there you have it. Thank you to my guest. Oh, my I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the questions, man. Yeah. Also known as Mimetic. That's what's uh, up. For coming back to the Faces of Music podcast here at Collective 23. If you're interested in knowing more of what Quendi does, come out and show your love once a month to Timecode, third Friday of every month at the Dafrik Ethiopian restaurant in Ottawa, That's 164. Laurier, Laurier Avenue Timecode.com with a K, baby. That's it. If you'd like to hear more of Faces of Music podcasts, check out our website at collective23.com. That's K-L-E-K-T-I-V-2-3.com. And make sure you follow our Instagram to see what we get up to in the industry. All right. Any final words, Quende? Mm. No, I'm going to keep it funky. That's what's up. Ah! Ow! Ow! I don't care what others picture